you already know what time it is when you hear that little jingle right there, man. Shout out to Zoom PodTrack or the PodTrack P4 for providing that beautiful sample of music. Uh, that little funky beat that we use to introduce our podcast for now. Uh, but welcome back to episode 13 of Sports with Jesus. Let's go, y'all. I love hearing this, man. Yo, shout out for your boy. Shout out to your boy. Thank you. Thank you for all the love. You know, we made it to episode 13, man. Lucky number, unlucky number 13. You know, 13 is a very bad, bad number. But it is what it is, man. We're just going to keep walking through it. And uh, we're going to continue, man. We're here, episode 13. We're recording on a Monday. We should have recorded on, uh, what was it, Saturday. But, you know, we slacked off. It is what it is. But we're getting the episode uh, before the NBA Finals, man. Let's get it. Um, you know, first I like to talk about, you know, my weekend. Um, you know, I had a pretty good weekend. Friday, um, after work, it was a long shift, you know, pretty long shift, pretty tough day. But, uh, you know, we got paid on that day. Thank you, God. Let's get We got paid on Friday, man, yo. We, yo, we rich, man. We rich. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, you know, Friday, uh, after a tough day at work, um, it was the NBA Finals that day, but I was scheduled to leave at 930, so I wasn't able uh, to catch the full game. I did record it at home to watch it Friday night and, you know, talk about it Saturday, but, you know, it was a tough day at work. You know, we got paid. We we made it through the week. So, you know, my coworkers invited me to go to Applebee's. So, you know, I, I usually don't go out much with my coworkers. But, you know, I had to. I had to. And, uh, you know, it was just a no-brainer, man. It was just a no-brainer. Go to Applebee's, man. Go to Applebee's. Maybe you could catch some of the game there. Even though I didn't want, I didn't want to watch the game or know anything about it until I went home and, and you know, watched the recording. But, you know, it's tough to hide from that stuff. But, uh, you know, we went to Applebee's, had a great time. I had a great burger um, with some fries, you know, a little basic order. <laughs> but, you know, I had a great burger, bacon cheeseburger with some fries. The fries was good. And we had, like, some blue Aloha, um, some little drink there, man. You know, had the, the Rocks Terramana. But, uh, you know, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Had two of those, pretty sauced. Um, you know, ended the night, went home, and, uh, you know, it was pretty solid Friday, pretty solid Friday after the tough day. Um, you know, Saturday, we went through another tough day um, at work. You know, the days just keep getting tougher and tougher at work, man. It's hard to show up at that place, but, you know, it it is what it is, man. Got to take action, and, you know, we got we to gotta do something different, but, you know, we're just, uh, we, we just work, man. We just work. Um, Saturday after the tough day, you know, we went home. We saw UFC 289, uh, which will we talk, which we will we will talk about. Um, we saw UFC 289, um, and then my sister came home, and my sister she did me a solid. I asked her, I was like, you know, my sister has a nice car. She has a nice Jeep, nice white Jeep. I think it was Wrangler. She has a Jeep Wrangler, pretty solid. You know, it's a nice car, really nice car. Um, you know, my sister came home to visit. She couldn't find parking, but, you know, I just wanted to get out the house after 289, you know, go on a nice drive. And I asked my sister, I was like, yo, sis, what's up, man? Since you're coming into town, you know, you think if I think if I could chill a little bit in the car, you know, and chill. She was like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, just find parking, find somewhere safe to put it. And, uh, you know, you could take it. No problem. So, you know, she ended up uh, letting me use the car. Shout out to my sister, Yvette. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, you know, my sister let me use the car. We went on a nice drive. I saw my close friend, you know, that I, that I only get to see on the weekends because, you know, he's moved to a different state, uh, you know, to make business moves, do his thing, you know, grow. Shout out to him. Um, you know, I saw him Saturday. It was good to see him. Chilled with him for a bit. And then, uh, you know, we just had a had a calm Saturday night. Um, I slept in the car. You know, I slept in, in I waited in front of the, the building, you know, to see if I could find any parking. But I didn't want to park it too far from my sister. She was leaving in the morning. So I was like, F it. Let me just chill in the car. Make sure it's safe. You know, she did let me use it. So 
I'm just going to take one for the team and just chill in the car, you know, chill in the car and uh, just wait <laughs> until she she left in the morning. Uh, so, yeah, that was Saturday. Um, you know, we got like an hour of sleep in the in the car, you know, just chilling. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Had a, had a solid night. Shout out to my sister for letting me use her car and just, you know, take a load off because, you know, Saturday was rough, man. It was rough. Um, but Sunday, we're on to Sunday. Uh, Sunday, you know what Sunday? Sunday's uh the holy day, the rest day. But um, you know it was great. Um, I had two games that day in the morning. I uh, went to pick up my boys, and then we went on to, you know, to the games. Um, I was happy to hear from one of my boys that I picked up that he went to church uh the day before. That's really beautiful to hear, man. When people go to church, praise the Lord, and uh, you know, just have a connection with God. It's just beautiful to hear that. So I was really happy to hear that. Um, we did end up losing the game. Uh, we didn't. We did end up losing the game. We got mercyed both games. Me, I, I had a tough time at the plate. Um, you know, I went 0 for 5. I struck out once. You know, in those two games, um, I struck out in the first game off of a slider. You know, but uh, it is what it is. You know, I had a tough game. Um, you know, I went 0 for 5. We lost both games, but. I had a solid day on defensively, but um, you know, offensively it wasn't. It was a tough night for me. It was a tough, tough, tough game for me. Uh, but you know, after the game, I uh, went to went to spend some time with my boys, and we went to a buffet, a buffet that I wanted to go to, uh, that I haven't been to in a long time, in Mount Vernon. Um, you know, it was pretty good. It was packed though. It was really packed. So most of the you know most of the meats, you know, were gone. But I still had a good time, had some ice cream, and it was fun, you know. I had, had a solid Sunday, and then I went on home, found some parking, and, uh, you know, I just slept for the rest of the day to make up for the sleep that I lost last uh, the, the night before. Um, but, you know, overall, it was a solid weekend, you know, cool weekend. It was, it, 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 you know, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, let's get into let's get into sports with Jesus, man. We're gonna talk about UFC 289. We're gonna talk about the Mets, the Yankees, NBA Finals Game Four, which I was able to watch. And uh, you know how it is, man. Our favorite segment to finish it off, the Bible talk, man. Let's get it. Uh, let's get right into it, man. Let's go. UFC 289. <laughs> UFC 289, Amanda Nunes versus Irene Aldana, you know, for the Bantamweight Championship, uh, the Women's Bantamweight Championship uh, of the world. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty cool card, a pretty fun card. Um, you know, it was in Canada, got great Canadian fans out there. You know, they had they brought a lot of energy. And also the Canadian fighters went undefeated over there. I believe there was five Canadian fighters and they all won. Um, you know, it was a pretty good, pretty solid Pretty solid cards. You know, we saw Dan Ige versus Nate the Train. Um, Dan Ige won that. Nate the Train lost. Um, trying to get into the rankings of the featherweight division. But Dan Ige, you know, had a solid game plan and he won that fight. Um, the man, I, I was just waiting for the last two fights. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. Or maybe even not even the last fight, but just the, just the biggest lightweight fight in uh, so far. Um Charles Charles Oliveira, Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Bernil Darius. Charles Oliveira, former UFC lightweight championship. Uh, he recently lost his belt to Islam Makhachev um, in a fight that was, you know, pretty one-sided. And, um, you know, it was tough to see. It was tough to see Charles lose that, lose that, uh, lose, lose that, lose that fight. It was tough to see, you know, I had Charles winning that fight, but he just didn't look like himself against Islam. So, you know, Islam went on to win and uh, become the new UFC lightweight championship. But other than that, you know, back to, you know, UFC 289, Charles Oliveira versus Bernil Darius. Uh, Bernil Darius on an eight-fight win streak, you know. He's looking to get his first title shot after, uh, you know, this this fight was going to determine Who's going to be the number one lightweight contender and who's going to fight Islam Makhachev next? So, you know, this is a huge fight. Probably the biggest fight. It, it was the biggest fight of Benil Darius's career. And, uh, you know, it goes up against Charles Charles Oliveira. Benil Darius was the favorite to win this fight. 
But, uh, you know, in the first round, Charles gets the finish. Charles gets the finish off of a TKO in round one. Benil Dariush, he was running most of the round uh, because, you know, he 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 got Oliveira down and he was kind of grounding, pounding him. But then Oliveira got up with like a minute and a half left. And, uh, you know, he he hit him with a he hit him with a head kick. Hit him with a nice flush left hand. And, uh, you know, Benil just went down for the takedown. And, you know, he was just dazed, man. And then Charles Oliveira got on top and just pummeled him. And that's the fight right there, man. Charles Oliveira with a very, very decisive first round TKO. And hopefully, hopefully, I believe he deserves it. The UFC should make it happen. This was the fight for the number one title Number one contender spot, you know. So I think uh, I think Charles should get the next fight against Islam. Uh, very unfortunate, you know, for Benil Darius. You know, he's been uh, he's been shaded most of his UFC career. He's been slept on. I feel like he should have been got a title shot, but uh, it's tough, man. It's tough, and that's just a game for you, man. That's just a sport. Very tough loss for Benil Darius as Charles got the finish in round one. The next fight was the championship fight. Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana. Amanda Nunez, the female GOAT, the female UFC GOAT of the world. Well, she she's the best female fighter of all time. You know, it's not even a question. You know, you could say boxing, but, you know, MMA is a whole different thing. And Amanda Nunez has just been dominant her her UFC career. You know, I've seen most of her fights most of her championship fights, and she's just a complete fighter. Her stand-up is dangerous. Her her ground game, her jujitsu, is just you know is second to none, and that's why she's the 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 best female fighter of all time. You know she's beat she's beat Valentina Shevchenko twice. Uh, she's beat Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Holly Holm. You know, and uh, she's just been nothing short of great. She's the goat. Uh, she was going up against Irene Aldana. Irene, yeah, Irene Aldana, who's a Mexican fighter from Guadalajara. I like her. I like Irene Aldana. She has a nice, nice boxing. Um, but she's uh she's an up and comer. She's really solid. I like the way uh, you know, she's a boxer. You know, she likes to grind out for these wins. But uh, you know, I th- uh I you know, we already knew who was gonna win this fight, man. Amanda Nunes, heavy, heavy favorite. And you could just tell from the first round that Irene Aldana, the pressure got to her. The pressure got to her, and she just didn't look like herself. Um, Amanda Nunes just straight up dominated Irene Aldana for five straight rounds. She dominated on defeat. Uh, she dominated in the wrestling and the jujitsu, the ground and pound. She just dominated this whole fight. And uh, she retired. Amanda Nunes retired. <laughs> I was upset because after the fight was over, you know, I didn't I didn't wait for the post fight uh the post fight interview. I just turned it off and you know, I was just chilling. But I was upset that I missed uh, the the uh the retirement announcement. But I still ended up seeing the uh the interview after and I just I went, I, I I kind of I kind of I had like a gut a gut feeling that she was going to retire. But uh you know, all in all, Amanda Nunes, the greatest female fighter of all time, two-time division champion. She beat Chris Cyborg, too, man. She knocked out Chris Cyborg. Oh, my God. If you don't know who Chris Cyborg is, search up Chris Cyborg. Oh, man. And search up that fight, too, because that fight ended quickly, and she made quick work of Chris Cyborg, man. So, Amanda Nunes, UFC legend, UFC, well, female fighter, Best female fighter of all time, MMA and boxing included. And, uh, you know, just a, just a hell of a career for Amanda Nunes. Let's hear it for Amanda Nunes. <laughs> Solid card, UFC 289. Good fights, good crowd. And uh, Amanda Nunes retires. But uh, that's UFC talk right there, man. Let's go. Who's got the... 
I was going to say, who's got the next shout out? I got that Best Buy thing in me. I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> Best Buy is taking over my life, man. But, uh, you know, great fights. Amanda Nunes, greatest female fighter of all time. Uh, let's go to, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals game four real fast. Let's get it. <laughs> NBA Finals Game 4, the biggest game for the Miami Heat at the moment. Miami Heat lost. I'm just going to get right into it. Miami Heat lost this game. They lost this game, and they fall to three games to one. I mean, I knew the Nuggets were going to win. Ah, whatever, man. The Nuggets are just too good. It's just too good. I but I didn't think the Heat were gonna fall three to one that fast. I did have the the Nuggets in in game uh, winning it in six or or five, I guess. But it's it's just been a completely one sided affair this whole series. The Nuggets are just too dominant. They're they're too big. They have too many weapons. They got the best player in the NBA in the world in Nikola Jokic, and they're just making quick work of the Miami Heat, man. A uh, whole you know it's crazy, man. It's crazy. You know, I, I did. I, I mean, I, what am I saying, man? What am I saying? I expected this, but it's just sad. You know, it's just sad to see a team get dominated. You want a good series. You know, you you want it to be back and forth, heavy. You know, um, you know, back and forth. You know, teams going on runs, but the Nuggets have just been nothing short of dominance this whole, this whole. This whole series, and and they won game they they won game four one hundred eight to ninety five. Um, Aaron Gordon had a big game. He scored twenty seven points. He had seven rebounds and six assists. He had a huge game. You know, just energy physically. You know, he 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 went three for four from three, and he's not even a three point shooter. So huge game. You know, he went eleven for fifteen from the field. That's seventy three percent. 73% from Aaron Gordon, man. Jamal Murray had a had a quiet game. He had 15 points and 12 assists. He's had double digit assists in every game of these finals. But, you know, it was they made it tough for Jamal Murray. Jokic had a solid game as well. Uh he was dealing with some foul trouble and uh a ankle a ankle roll that he suffered in the first in, in the first in the first uh in the first quarter. But it didn't really matter because, you know, he's the best player in the game. He had 23 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. It was tough. It was tough field goal percentage. He went 8 for 19. But still, solid game from Nikola Jokic. You know, he was getting at it. He was getting after it defensively. He had three steals. He had three blocks. That doesn't even show how many deflections he had also in this uh, in this game. You know, he was just everywhere. Um, Jimmy. I feel bad for Jimmy, man. Jimmy really Jimmy had 25 points. He had a solid game. He went 9 for 17. Uh he had seven boards, seven assists. But uh Bruce Brown, lastly, Bruce Brown. He's coming off the bench and he dropped 21 points for the Denver Nuggets. Off the bench in 30 minutes. He went 8 for 11 from the field, 3 for 5 from deep. He really brought it energy uh you know, energy-wise. And he, he's just a he's just a great guy to have off the bench. You know, it was. He had a great game. He hit the dagger. You know, in the fourth quarter, as the Heat were trying to go on a late run, but he's hit some. He he's been big for them. He's been big for them this series. And he's fourth. I mean, he's actually third in MVP vote in, in in MVP voting so far. Um, you know, for the Finals MVP, he's actually third, which is pretty crazy. But you know, he's not gonna win it. But <laughs> it is what it is. That just shows what kind of impact he's been having on this series. Um, the Heat, the Heat's been slacking. The Heat, they gotta hit three point shots. You know, they, they they're guys like Max Struess, Duncan Robinson. You know, Gabe Vincent, these guys have been struggling, been struggling bad. Max Drews had another zero-point game. Gabe Vincent only had two points. He only played 19 minutes as, he's, as he got into foul trouble. These guys were huge 
for the Miami Heat in this whole playoff run. And it's just showing, like, uh, I guess they're just showing fatigue. It's just showing fatigue. You know, they're not able to knock down shots. They're not able to impact the game in any sort of way uh, against the Nuggets. You know, so these guys, these guys really got to step up. Another guy who's got to step up is Caleb Martin, who was the sec- who was second in MVP voting for the Eastern Conference. He was averaging about 23 points a game in the Eastern Conference. Now he's averaging six points a game in this NBA Finals. You know, so these guys really got to step up. They're role players for the Miami Heat. Got to step up. Got to step up if you want to, if they if they want at least a chance uh, to come back from this three one lead. You know, the only team to ever come back from a so the only team to ever come back from a three one lead in the NBA Finals was LeBron James' team. Well, was LeBron James's team against the Warriors back in twenty what was it twenty sixteen back in twenty sixteen when they came down from the three to one lead. So it's it's not gonna be easy. Nothing's easy, but you know, the the Heat have been counting out this whole playoffs. You know, they 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 were about to lose the second playoff, the second playing game to the Bulls, but they made a run in the fourth quarter to come back. You know, they had them they they had them getting swept by the Milwaukee Bucks, but they ended up beating the Bucks in five games. Um I definitely thought they were gonna lose against the Knicks. But you know they ended up beating the Knicks in uh, in what in six games. It's just tough, man. Very tough. Um, you know the Celtics, they had they they were they were the odds were against them against them against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. But um, you know they they ended up winning it in seven. So they've been counted out this whole this whole and uh, this whole playoffs. But um, you know. They really, they really got to step up tonight, man. They got to step up and look to stay alive for game, uh, game six. I mean, not even game six, game five in Denver. You know, it's, it's gonna be tough, man. They got to play physical and they got to hard. They got to play hard, man. They got to get those 50-50 balls, crash the boards, run in transition. You know, they wait for the fourth quarter to turn it up. They've been the best fourth quarter team this whole playoff. With a point eighty nine, with a with a plus eighty nine point differential in the in 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 the fourth quarter, they gotta turn it on. You know, with this Nuggets team, you gotta set the tone from the get, like in game two, like like how they did in game two. Even though Max Struess hit four threes in that first quarter in game two, they still gotta set the tone, and you know they gotta they gotta play hard from the get. You know, that's the only game they won in game two when they started hard and they set the tone. But they they, they got to get something going on, man. My predictions and my predictions for game five this is a tough one, man. It's not really a tough one. Whatever, man. I said it. If they weren't if they if they went down three to one in Miami and didn't get one in Miami, they're going to lose this series in, in, in Denver. I got the Nuggets winning it today, closing out the series, winning the championship. Jokic. Finals MVP. And the reason I say that is because the Nuggets have been undefeated this whole playoffs, except for game two, which the Miami Heat won. They've been uh they've been undefeated, so it's been really tough to beat the Nuggets at home, especially with that altitude and you know the home crowd. It's it's tough to beat the Nuggets at home. I got the Nuggets closing it out, getting the gentleman sweep, and winning this NBA Finals in Game 5. But hopefully the the Heat put up a good fight, force a Game 6, take it back to Miami. They have a chance if they take it back to Miami, you know? Even though the Nuggets beat beat them both games in Miami, still think they have a a nice chance of winning it in uh, in Miami, forcing a Game 7. But, you know, after that Game 4 loss... It's just tough, man. It's tough to see, um, you know, the Miami Heat come back from a 3-1 lead, man, and winning on in Denver as well. They've gotten so desperate that they're forcing. They're not forcing. But Tyler Hero, who's been out since game one with a fractured hand, is coming back tonight. That's how desperate these guys are. You know, it's, it's, 
You know, you, you never want to force a player to come back early, you know, because he might injure it even worse and it could affect his whole career. But the, the Heat have, have cleared Tyler Hero to play, and he's in. He's playing game five today. So hopefully he can spark them offensively and get them some buckets. But, um, you know, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. That's the NBA Finals. Oh, well, let's go on to some baseball, man. Let's go. All right, guys. So we're going to start off. the. You know, it's the first episode of the week. So we always start off with the MLB and with the league leaders. The league leaders. So we're going to start off with the league leaders batting average. We got Luis Arellas, who's been the batting average leader since we started this podcast. And I've, I think I've been saying his name every single time I mention batting average. This guy at one point batted 400 this week. He he got he got up to as high as 401. But this guy is just a hitting machine, man. He's batting 397 on the season. A uh, home runs, we got my boy Big Me Pete. Big Me Pete. <laughs> Big Me Pete Alonzo is leading the league in home runs with 22. In the next week or the next 2 weeks, I expect that that name to change because he's out for three to four weeks uh, on the disabled list, on the injured list uh, because of that hit by pitch from Charlie Morton on the wrist. So he's going to be out three to four weeks. Really tough news to hear as a Met, as a Met fan. And the Mets already struggling offensively as it is. They lose a key guy in Pete Alonzo for three to four weeks. Number two on home runs, we got Aaron Judge with 19. Aaron Judge, another guy that's on the IL. Devastating. It's hard. It's tough to be a to be a baseball fan, to be a, a Mets or Yankee fan, man. It's tough. RBIs, we got Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez. Last week we had Adolis Garcia. Now this week we got Jordan Alvarez leading the league in RBIs with 55. Stolen bases, we got Esteldi Ruiz Jr. I'm pretty sure his, his, his name is Jr. Um, we got Esteldi Ruiz leading the league in stolen bases with 31. He's got 31 stolen bases. The first guy to crack 30 this year, and he's got 31 on the season. Um, last week, we told you we were going to introduce OPS. We were going to talk about OPS leaders. And we're going to get into more depth about it as well. What is the definition of OPS? OPS adds on-base percentage and slugging percentage to get one number that, unif- that unites the two. It's meant to combine how well a, hater, a hitter can reach base with how well he can hit for average and for power. So that's a huge stat that's being used these days to, you know, determine how good a hitter is. That's a huge stat that's being used. A good OPS, you know, a good OPS is .800 or higher, you know, if you're a really good player. So we're going to talk about the leader in OPS, and it's none other than Aaron Judge. Aaron James Judge. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron Judge leading the C- leading the league in OPS with a 1.078 OPS. 1.078 OPS. Good is considered .800, and he's... He's leading the league with a 1.078. Shout out to Aaron Judge leading the league in OPS. And the guy's hurt, man. The guy is hurt. So, you know, this just shows you he's been hurt for some time. You know, he's, he got hurt uh, last month against the Twins, sliding into third. And then he came back. He started raking. He got player of the month in May. Now he's hurt again. So it's tough, man. It's tough. 
But, uh, you know, he's leading the league in OPS. Now we're going to get on to the pitching stats. Uh, leading the league in, R- in ERA. We got Erod. Eduardo Rodriguez with a 2.13 ERA. Uh, leading the league in wins. We got Shane McClanahan. First guy to hit 10 wins. Leading the league in strikeouts. Spencer Strider. He's got 121 strikeouts. Leading the league in uh in saves, we got Emmanuel Classe. Emmanuel Classe leading the league in saves. Shout out to Emmanuel Classe. So now we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna show you the league the league standings. Where are the leagues at right now with the teams? Who's leading what in the league? So we got so we're going to start off with the American League East. We got the Tampa Bay Rays leading the leading the MLB with most wins with 48 and 20 losses. Leading the American League East. American League Central, we got the Minnesota Tim, Minnesota Twins leading the AL Central with a 33 and 33 record. Mhm. That's uh that's baseball for you. <laughs> American League West. We got the Texas Rangers, who's been a surprise to us all, leading the American League West without Jacob DeGrom as well. They got 41 wins, 23 losses. In the National League East, we got the Atlanta Braves leading the A uh, the NL East with 40 wins, 25 losses. NL Central, we got the Pittsburgh Pirates, another surprise. Leading the uh, the NL Central with a 34 win and 30 loss column, and this is probably the biggest surprise of all. Leading the NL West, we got the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, the Arizona Diamondbacks tied for the best league, best best record in the National League. Arizona Diamondbacks with 40 wins and 25 losses. This is the same division as the Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Francisco Giants, the Padres from San Diego, and the Colorado Rockies. So this is a huge surprise, huge shock for the MLB this season with the Arizona Diamondbacks leading the NL West with 40 wins and 25 losses. Now we're going to talk about the Yankees. The Yankees. The Yankees stand third in the American League East, nine and a half games behind the Tampa Bay Rays. Their last 10 games, they've went four and six. Uh... Their record right now is 38 wins and 29 losses. You know, they they're missing Judge and Bader. You know, Judge Aaron Judge is on the IL. He's on the IL again. <clears throat> Aaron I mean Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader is also on the IL after he came back and when he came back And when he came back, you know, he really sparked this Yankee team. And they went on a nice run. Aaron Judge came back later. And they went on a nice run. Aaron Judge ended up winning NL, I mean, AL Player of the Month. But uh, Aaron Judge is sidelined because of a toe injury. Harrison Bader, again, he's been a tough... You know, that's the, that's the risk that the Yankees took when they traded for him. You know, it's just that he can't stay on the field. He he's just he can't stay on the field, you know. He he hurt his hamstring, and uh, you know, it's it's tough for him to stay on the field. You know, he's such a great player. He's got a great arm. He's got he's great defensively. He covers a lot of ground, and you know he could hit as well. As you can see, last year in the playoffs, he came up big for the Yankees. But it's been tough for him to stay on the field. It's been tough, so. You know, they're missing Aaron Judge and Harrison Bader. They're really missing those guys. The offense is slacking. 
You know, Giancarlo Stanton is also slacking as he only got two hits since he's came back from the from the injured list. And Giancarlo's my favorite player, man. It's really it's really tough to be a fan of Giancarlo. Uh, you know, he's just slacking, man. He he can't get anything going right now. Um, they lost the Yankees lost two series against both colored socks, white and red. <laughs> They can't, yeah. You know, nah, I'm just playing. I, I was, I made, I would put the laughing sound because they lost two series against both colored socks. Like, come on, man. <laughs> These two teams are, are you know, they're not even, they're they're not even in the power rankings, and they're not even, they're they're not even, uh, you know, predicted to go into the playoffs. You know, these are two below. These are two teams that have, that aren't gonna make the playoffs, and the Yankees are losing to them. They're losing series against the White Sox and the Red Sox. They lost two games to one in both series. And, you know, it's just tough for the Yankees. It's just tough for the Yankees to get going offensively. You know, Willie Calhoun has probably been the only bright spot uh, for the Yankees as he's hitting first. He's hit a couple home runs for them. He's He's gotten some big hits for them. But other than that, you know, the the, the lineup has been kind of slacking. DJ is slacking. Rizzo, you know, these guys can't get going on, you know. And these guys can't get into rhythm and, you know, it's costing this team. Glaber Torres, um, you know, he's 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 not going he, – he's slacking as well. You know, Yankees really got it going on. And they got to find something, um, you know, to get them back in rhythm and back into the AL East race or at least, you know, in the wild card. But, um, you know – you know, I think it's going to be okay. You know, Giancarlo, he's a streaky hitter. He takes some time for him to get hot. Aaron Judge is going to come back soon. Bader's going to come back soon. Um, they still missing Carlos Rodon, who hasn't thrown an inning, who hasn't thrown a pitch this whole season. So that's a huge signing that they uh, that they that they got this uh, this past free agency, this past off season, and he hasn't thrown a pitch yet. So, you know, I think the Yankees are going to be fine. But uh, right now, you know they're they're in a kind they're in kind of a funk. Let's go to the Mets. I mean, I mean, I know that I said the Yankees are in the funk, but that is not even compared or in the same category as what the Mets are going through right now. The Mets? Oh my God! Is yo, um, yo, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, it's it's tough, man. It's really tough to talk about the Mets right now. The Mets are 31 and 35. They're nine and a half games away from, you know, the first spot in the NL East. The Phillies overtook their spot, you know, in third place. The Mets are now in fourth place. They're two and eight in their last ten games. And they just lost back-to-back series. They got swept by the Braves after scoring 10 runs in the third game and giving up the lead. They gave up the lead. They had Verlander on the mound. They had Verlander on the mound that game. He had a short outing. They scored 10 runs. They scored 10 runs against the Braves, and they blew the lead. They blew the lead. You know, this is the first time in Mets history that they blow a three-run lead in three straight games, you know? This is, this is you know, not even the first, before this 10-run game, we were talking about how the offense was slacking and how they couldn't put together runs. But we, we haven't even... But now that they scored 10 runs, the pitching, the pitching can't hold up. The pitching cannot hold up and preserve this lead and the Mets lose a tough one against the Braves off of a walk-off two-run homer from Ozzy Albies in the 10th inning. It's tough, man. It's really tough to be a Mets fan right now. And, you know, you just you, you got to ask, what is going on over there, man? What is going on? You know, you got you got Buck, you you got Buck, you know, choosing the veterans over the young guys. You know, Lindor's in a funk. McNeil, Peter Alonzo is out because he got hit in the forearm with a with a pitch. You know, he's out on the injured list. You got Vogelback still in the lineup. Like, I can't believe this guy is still getting some freaking playing time. 
So the Mets get swept by the Braves, and they go on to the Pirates to face the Pirates, who's been a surprise this year. But still, you know, this is a beatable team. This is a team we should be walking all over. But no, the Mets lose another series. After they got that, uh, uh, you know, they got, there was, a, there was a game. You know, it's a game, man. The game, the game, the game. The, the Mets, the Mets, man. They kill me, man. The Mets kill me. The Medi Mets Mets. Sorry, guys. Just give me a second to get myself together. The Mets, right? The Medi Mets Mets. After they lose that game from the Braves, after they get swept, they go to Pittsburgh. And the first game, they lose 14 to 7. <laughs> First game back after blowing the lead against the Braves, they lose 14 to 7 to the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know? And it was just a tough game all around. Tough game defensively. Oh my god, the Mets look hor- horrible defensively against the Pirates. They look horrible. You know, and it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy they lose another series and uh you know, just a bright spot is that Francisco Alvarez. Francisco Alvarez, he's just been on a tear. He's been on a tear. He's got 12, 12 home runs on the season. Uh, he's been carrying the Mets offensively, if I'm going to be honest, man. He's batting, he's batting the three spot. He's got 12 home runs, 25 RBIs, and 140 at-bats. He's batting 243. But he's just been carrying for the Mets. He's been a bright spot. I'm really glad that this guy is going to be the full-time catcher for the Mets. I'm really glad to see it. You know, the Mets and the Yankees face each other tomorrow for a two-game set. And this is this is a big game for both teams. Huge game for both teams as they look to bounce back and get into rhythm. Verlander and Scherzer are going to be on the mound against the Yankees. So they better freaking produce, man. They better give us quality innings. And they better spank the Yankees, man. I just want to see a good game. You know, last year I went to the to the Yankees versus Mets game, but, you know, I work tomorrow and I work Wednesday. I would have loved to go to those games. Maybe I'll catch it this year at Yankee Stadium later on in the season. But, you know, big game for the two teams next two days. Hopefully the Mets and the Yankees could get it going. Hopefully it'll be a good series, not a one-sided affair. But, um... You know, it's been it's been tough to be a, a baseball fan in New York. But um, you know, we live we live to fight another day. It's early in the season. It's not that early, but you know, we still got a lot of games to play. But um, you know, hopefully the Mets can freaking find pull it together and figure it out, man. That's the that's the sports segment. That's the sports spot. About the that's the sports segment in sports with Jesus. Now Let's go to the Bible talk, man. I love the Bible. So it's it's currently 822. Um, you know, eight minutes away from NBA Finals game five. So, you know, we're just gonna do a little brief Bible reading. Uh we're in Genesis 32. Jacob just ran away. With his two wives and his kids. And he's going back home. So here we go. Jacob, Genesis 32. Here we go. Jacob also left that place. While he was traveling, he saw God's angels. When he saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So Jacob named that place Mahanaim. Mahanaim. Jacob's brother Esau was living in the area called Seir in the hill country of Edom. Jacob sent messengers to Esau. He told them, tell this to my master Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have lived with Laban all these years. I have many cattle, 
donkeys, flocks, and servants, sir. I am sending you this message to ask you to accept us. The messengers came back to Jacob and said, We went to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you. He has 400 men with him. Uh-oh. Jacob was very frightened and worried. He divided the people who were with him and all the flocks and herbs and camels into two groups. Jacob thought, if Esau comes and destroys one group, the other group can run away and be saved. Then Jacob said, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you told me to come back to my country and to my family. You said that you would be good to me. You have been very kind to me. You did many things for me. This is the first time I traveled across the Jordan River. I owed nothing. I owned nothing. Only my walking stick. But now I own enough things to have two full groups. I ask you to please save me from my brother Esau. I am afraid that he will come and kill us all. Even the mothers with the children. Lord, you said to me, I will be good to you. I will increase your family and make your children as many as the sands of the sea. There will be too many to count. Jacob stayed in that place for the night. He prepared some gifts. He prepared some things to give to Esau as a gift. He took 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 female sheep and 20 male sheep. He took 30 camels and their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He gave each flock of animals to his servant. Then he said to them, separate each group of animals. Go ahead of me and keep some space between each other, between each herd. Jacob gave their orders. Jacob gave them their orders to the servant with the first group of animals. He said, when he saw my brother comes to you and asks you, whose animals are these? Where are you going? Whose servant are you? Then you should answer, these animals belong to your servant, Jacob. He sent them as a gift to you by Master Esau, and he is also coming behind us. Jacob also ordered the second servant, the third servant, and all the other servants to do the same thing. He said, you will say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. You will say, this is a gift to you, and your servant Jacob is behind us. Jacob thought, if I send these men ahead with gifts, maybe Esau will forgive me and accept me. So Jacob sent the gifts to Esau, but he stayed the night in the camp. Jacob, during the night, during the night, Jacob got up and began moving his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 sons across the Jabuk River. At the crossing. Let's read that again. Sorry. During the night, Jacob got up and began moving his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 sons across the Jabuk River at the crossing. After he sent his family across the river, he sent across everything he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man... And a man came and wrestled with him. The man fought with him until the sun came up. When the man saw that he could not defeat Jacob, he touched Jacob's leg and put it out of joint. Then the man said to Jacob, let me go. The sun is coming up. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. You must bless me. And the man said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, my name is Jacob. Then the man said, your name will not be Jacob. Your name will now be Israel. I give you this name because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But the man said, why do you ask my name? Then the man blessed Jacob at that place. So Jacob named that place Peniel. He said, at this place, I saw God face to face, but my life was spared. Then the sun came up 
as Jacob left Peniel. He was limping because of his leg. So even today, the people's, the people, so even today, the people of Israel don't eat the muscle that is on the hip joint because this is the muscle where Jacob was hurt. Wow. Jacob looked and saw Esau coming with 400 men. Jacob divided his family into four groups. Leah, Leah, and her children were in one group. Rachel and Joseph were in one group. And the two maids and their children were in two groups. Jacob put the maids with their children first. Then he put Leah and her children behind them. And he put Rachel and Joseph in the last place. Jacob himself went out there before them. While he was walking toward his brother Esau, he bowed to the ground seven times. When Esau saw Jacob, he ran to him. He ran to meet him. He put his arms around Jacob, hugged his neck, and kissed him. Then they both cried. They both cried. Wow. That kind of that hit home with me. You know, I'm seeing my brother from a long time. After all that's happened... You know, after tricking our father, after gaining all rights for the first son, it's tough, man. It's really tough. And good, good, good for Esau. Good for Esau for letting bygones be bygones and, you know, just worrying about what matters at the end. And that's family. That's family. Let's read that again. That really, that really touched home. Let's read that again. Jacob himself went out before them. While he was walking toward his brother Esau, he bowed down to the ground seven times. When Esau saw Jacob, he ran to meet him. He put his arms around Jacob, hugged his neck, and kissed him. Then they both cried. Esau looked up and saw the women and children. He said, who are all these people with you? Jacob answered, These are the children that God gave me. God has been good to me. Then the two maids and the children with them went to Esau. They bowed down before him. Then Leah and the children went to Esau and bowed down before him. And then Rachel and Joseph went to him and bowed down before him. Esau said, Who were all those people I saw while I was coming here? And what were all those animals for? Jacob answered, These are my gifts to you so that you might accept me. But Esau said, You don't have to give me gifts, brother. I have enough for myself. Jacob said, No, I beg you. If you really accept me, please accept these gifts I give you. I am very happy to see your face again. It is like seeing the face of God. I am very happy to have I am very happy to see that you accept me. So I beg you also to accept the gifts I give you. God has been very good to me. I have more than I need. Because Jacob because Jacob begged Esau to take the gifts, he accepted them. Then Esau said, now you can continue your journey. I will go with you. But Jacob said to him, you know that my children are weak and I must be careful with my flocks and their young animals. If I force them to walk too far in one day, all the animals will die. So you go on ahead. I will follow you slowly. I will go slowly enough for the cattle and other animals to be safe and so that my children will not get too tired. I will meet you in Sa'il. So Esau said, Then I will leave some of my men with you to help you. But Jacob said, that is very kind of you, but there is no need to do that. So that day, Esau started on his trip back to Sire, but Jacob went to Sakoth. There he built a house for himself and small barns for his cattle. That is why the place was named Sakoth. Jacob safely ended his trip from Padaram when he came to the town of Shechem in Canaan. He made his camp in a, near, in a field near the city, he bought the field where he camped from the family of Hamur, father of Shechem. He paid a hundred pieces of silver for it. He built an altar there to honor God 
He named that place El, the God of Israel. We're going to read Genesis 44, and then we're going to conclude it as we have to watch the NBA Finals Game 5. One day, Dina, the daughter of Leah and Jacob, went out to see the woman of that place. She was seen by Shechem, the son of Hamur, the Hivite, who ruled that area. Shechem took Dina and raped her. Uh-oh. But he was so attracted to her that he fell in love and began expressing his feelings to her. He told his father, Please get this girl for me so that I can marry her. Jacob learned that said that Shechem had done this very bad thing to his daughter. But all his sons were out in the fields with the cattle. So he did nothing until they came home. Then Shechem's father, Hamur, came out to talk with Jacob. In the fields, Jacob's sons heard the news about what happened. They were very angry because Shechem had brought shame to Israel by raping Jacob's daughter. They came in from the fields as soon as they heard about the terrible things Shechem had done. But Hamur talked to Dina's brothers and said, My son Shechem wants Dina very much. Please let him marry her. This marriage will show we have a special agreement. Then our men can marry your women. And your men can marry our women. You can live in the same land with us. You will be free to own the land and true trade here. Shechem also talked to Jacob and Dina and, and to Dina's brothers and said, Please accept me. I will do anything you ask me to do. I will give you any gift you want if you only allow me to marry Dina. I will give you anything you ask, but let me marry her. Jacob's sons decided to lie to Shechem and his father because Shechem had done a very bad thing to their sister Dina. The brothers said to them, We cannot allow you to marry our sister because you are not yet circumcised. That would bring us shame. But we will allow you to marry her if you do this one thing. Every man in your town must be circumcised like us. Then your women can marry our women, and our, and our men can marry your women. Then we will become one people. If you refuse to become circumcised, we will take Dina away. This agreement made Hamur and Shechem very happy. Shechem was very happy to do what Dina's brothers asked. Shechem was the most honored man in his family. Hamur and Shechem went to the meeting place to their city. They spoke to the men of their city and said, These people want to be friends with us. We want to let them live in our land and be at peace with us. We have enough land for all of us. We are free to marry their women, and we are happy to give them our women to marry. But there is one thing that all our men must agree to do. They must agree to be circumcised as they are. If we do this, we will become rich from all their cattle and all other animals. We should make this agreement with them so that they will stay here with us. All the men who heard this in a meeting place agreed with Hamur and Shechem. And every man was circumcised at that time. Three days later, the men who were circumcised were still sore. Two of Jacob's sons, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, knew that the men would be weak at this time. So they went to the city and killed all the men there. Dina's brothers, Simeon and Levi, killed Hamur and his sons, Shechem. Then they took Dina out of Shechem's house, Shechem's house and left. Jacob's sons went to the city and stole everything that was there because of what Shechem had done to their sister. 
So the brothers took all their animals, all their donkeys, and everything else in the city and in the fields. The brothers took everything those people owned. They even took their wives and children. But Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have caused me a lot of trouble. All the people in this place will hate me. All the Canaanites and the, and the Perizzites will turn against me. There are only few of us. If the people in this place gather together to fight us, I will be destroyed. And all of our people will be destroyed with me. But the brothers said, should we let these people treat our sister like a prostitute? They were wrong to do that to our sister. And that is the end of Genesis 44. Wow. Wowie, wow, wow. Some crazy chapters in Genesis, man. But it's great. It's great. It's great to hear. It's great to read the Lord's word. And I'm just so grateful, man. We made it. We made it. We made it. We made it to the end of episode 13 of Sports with Jesus. Thank you guys for listening. Let me get let me start watching this NBA game game five so I could bring you guys some good stuff tomorrow. Um thank you again, guys. Thank you again for tuning in and uh spending some time with me and listening to the Lord's word. I'll be back, episode 14. See you guys. Enjoy.